You're listening to Podcateers. Welcome to episode 281 of Podcateers. We are so happy that we had the opportunity to raise almost $1,500 in support of finding a cure for women's cancers at City of Hope. This last weekend, we participated in the Walk for Hope, and it was a, a fun experience, and we tell you a little bit about it in this episode. Once again, thank you all for your donations, reposting, helping spread the word. You helped make a positive change in this world, and we are absolutely grateful for your support. In this episode, we also talk about some of the things happening at DCA. Plus, I give you a little history on Critter Country, formerly known as Bear Country. Remember that you can always join the conversation by leaving a comment on the blog post for this episode at podcateers.com slash 281. Or you can connect with us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or on YouTube. Just search for Podcateers. If you're listening to this episode on YouTube, we hope that you're enjoying it and that you hit that thumbs up button. Maybe even hit that subscribe button. And if you do, make sure to hit that bell icon for notifications whenever new videos are posted. And of course, before we start this episode, I can't begin without offering our gratitude to a wonderful group of people called the FGP Squad. The FGP Squad are our podcast fairy godparents, and it's their generosity through their monthly contributions via Patreon that help make these episodes of Podcasters possible. If you like the podcast, it's a great time to become part of the FGP Squad. More info on what the FGP Squad is, a link to sign up, or make a one-time donation can be found at podcasters.com FGP. To all of the members of the FGP Squad, thank you very much, as always, for your continued support. And with all of that said, it's time to get this thing started. So here we go. Here is episode 281 of Podcateers. Guess what? <laughs> what? My tooth still hurts. Oh, oh no. <laughs> more, more dentistry tales? Uh, no, no more dentistry tales, but uh, my tooth still hurts. And um, it's been difficult doing stuff because... The pain seems to numb the side of my face, and in turn, my eyeball hurts. And so it gives me this, like, full-blown migraine-like headache. Yeah. And so it's not very fun. Mm. If I had to rate how much I enjoy the pain from this tooth thing <laughs> uh, alongside, I don't know, having a beer without it hurting, I would rate it as a giant explicit finger <laughs> oh man <laughs> so um yeah oh, i'm kind of done i can't wait for my appointment next week yeah man let's get that straightened out yeah dude for real man i'm just i'm kind of over it already i feel you but i mean overall uh i've i think i did well especially this weekend since we had the walk for hope i think uh, i had enough ibuprofen coursing through my system that it allowed me to at least enjoy the walk and enjoy the morning which was very beautiful there were several times throughout the morning that 
I couldn't necessarily vlog because there were emotions coursing through my system <laughs> that I just I couldn't overcome. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, <laughs> it was a really great walk. I think this walk, compared to the others that we've done, I think has been the most meaningful for me because, uh, you know, in the past we've walked for like one or two people. But the fact that we had just a list of people that we were walking in honor of or uh, in memory of, uh, just it hit home in a much different way than it has before. It just I, I feel like this year's walk was just 10 times more meaningful to me than it has been all the prior times that I've done it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the best way to describe it. Um still emotional at the end for me like i still cried (laughs) i had to walk away and kind of (laughs) cry in the tissue (laughs) and i laughed because it's like i really try to like maintain myself but it's the whole journey of the walk and then once you're at the end you're like you made a difference you know and it's i think it's the sashes that that get to me seeing those sashes and oh the survivor sashes yeah Mm-hmm. seeing that and it's like you know i had to add i i added a name to that list this year and um in honor of a friend's mom and so for me it was kind of like man you know it just it still hurts um mm-hmm. i think that's the part that kind of gets to me but also the point of like being happy and knowing that you know when you wave at a patient and little things like that it just gets to me yeah. <laughs> you know, this year was slightly different because there's a lot of construction going on on the campus. Mm-hmm. They're adding a parking structure. Oh, wow. You know, so parking has always been an issue on campus because it's grown so much over the years. And with the additional construction, there was a lot more limited space for people to park. So uh, I-, I think people were were immediately leaving after the walk or were trying to get through the walk as quickly as possible just so that they can go to the shuttle mm-hmm. because they had a remote location where people could park and it, it felt emptier because of that than prior years but they have all the registrations of the people that sign in when you first get there to do the walk so there was just over 10,000 people there for the walk that morning whoa but it still felt like there was so many leaving right after to get to their cars that were off-site that it it got empty pretty quickly we kind of take the walk slow so we're among the last ones to finish usually So to combat that, we figured, let's just do the short route, which we generally don't do. But because I wanted to try to uh, see some of the booths and try to film some of the stuff that was happening uh, in the area where where they, you know, after the finish line. And it worked. But because we were not part of this huge group passing by the hospital, they time it so that when the first huge group of walkers goes by the main hospital. Mm -hmm. They have patients outside of the rooms, out of their beds, kind of waving down at the walkers. And like, Mm -hmm. we didn't sync up with that. So by the time that we got to the hospital, 
there was just a small handful of people that were looking down, waving at us as, as we were walking by. It's still meaningful. Oh, right? yeah. But that's one of the most emotional parts when you're doing that walk. And mm, yeah, sure. I mean, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I'm super tired from it still. I can't believe that I'm actually saying that like a day removed from it. But we went to go eat and then we got home and I knocked out. Like uh, I just yeah. I couldn't take it. <laughs> I think the heat is what really did me in because it wasn't hot when we left and very uncharacteristically of me, I decided to just wear the Team Boat Willie t-shirt and a jacket. But because I'm so used to wearing like the Dickies shirt and not wearing a jacket, Mm -hmm. I couldn't bring myself to fully take off my jacket. And so (laughs) I had to wear it the whole time. Uh, so I got hot very quickly, <laughs> and I think that in itself is really what put me over the top and got me super tired. I felt mm-hmm. dehydrated by the end of it because yeah. I wasn't drinking much water, <sighs> but it was fun. It was for a good cause. As of this episode, I think we're close to the 1500 mark. We're just about $100 away or so. That's and awesome. So if anybody wants to donate, I think donations are still being accepted on the website. If you check the Instagram bio for Podcateers, uh, then you can just click on it. You'll go to the donation page. You can also go to teamboatwilly.com. It'll take you to our Team Boat Willie section of, of our website. You can scroll down a bit and you'll see the make a donation link for Walk for Hope. We were hoping to try to hit $1,500. I think that's super cool that we were able to raise that much. And, you know, next year, we're certainly going to do this again, especially knowing just how many friends and family members I've become aware of, you know, in our own family that that have Mm -hmm. suffered from different types of cancers. And I I, I don't know. It's a weirdly... It's like this weird eye-opening experience where, you know, you're doing it for a particular reason and then you realize that it's much closer to home than Mm -hmm. you'd ever want it to be. Yeah. You know? So, anyhow, um, it it was also Dapper Day on the day of the walk. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to almost very embarrassingly say... I didn't even remember that it was Dapper Day <laughs> on that day. Uh, there's two a year. You can catch the one in the spring. Right. And see, what I did is I did the opposite. I went the night before the event. So that's why I'm just ah. like so achy. Yeah, because it's really all weekend now. It is. But I mean, I didn't dress up. No, no. <laughs> Save that stress for another time. <laughs> you know, I kind of feel like it's got to be really difficult for women, right? Because mm-hmm. I think for men, it might be easier to throw together a quick outfit uh, if you have like a good, you know, wardrobe that you can put a, a bound together. Right. But most women, at least like a lot of the Instagrammers that I know and a lot of my friends that like to do the bounding and go to Dapper Day and stuff, like a lot of them spend a lot of money for like one outfit that they wear for four hours, yep. you know, maybe yep. slightly longer, but I've seen some of them spend two, $300 on an outfit and they never wear it again. Like that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Yep. 
I agree. I've Ugh. I've seen uh, Instagrammers that post their Dapper Day outfits and they do like six different costume changes. Oh That's my gosh! Crazy. Yeah, they, I guess they just go into the park to the couple spots they want to get photographs at, and then they go back to the hotel, read Gussie up in a new way, and go back and do it again. They just do that all day. I, I couldn't do that. And, oh, my gosh, yeah. there's so many beautiful dresses in the dress shop, but mm-hmm. they're $200 each. And I'm like, that's a good chunk of my past. <laughs> yeah. Heck, yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, I guess if you have the means to do it. Oh, know, yeah. More power to it, you. Right? That's that's more power to you. Exactly. But, I mean, I, I think a lot of us don't have the means to be able to do that for so many and maybe not even one outfit change that's why it's easy for me to just be kylo ren every single time because (laughs) it's so easy to pull out black and red from my wardrobe and you know just be kylo ren again right and And a a jafar because (laughs) last time i i called it jafar vader or vader ish (laughs) with some red oh man So yeah, yeah, I I don't know. I, I I think I've talked about it before that I've lost interest in Dapper Day uh, as yeah. it used to be because it it's changed and for all the people that are involved that have put it together, you know, you have to be proud of what they've built. Oh yeah. Right? Because they've worked super hard and they've gotten it to this massive scale from where it originally started with this group of like 12 to 15 people that were just dressing up, going to the park and having fun. And now it's just become this expo, multiple day expo that's just uh, on multiple coasts, you know, Mm -hmm. and I think now Mm -hmm. they have it in Paris as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's become this huge thing and you have to be proud of what they've built as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, just for, for me in general, uh, I don't know. Maybe now that I haven't been to a couple of them, I'll want to go again. But just the whole like trying to find something to wear and everything just ah. You know what? I think that's the part I don't like. You're in good luck because in February there's going to be Villains Day at the park and you've mm. already got three three outfits. So pick and choose. True that. <laughs> and they're all the same outfit. Right? True that. I mean, that's the thing though. You don't have to dress up to enjoy dapper day yeah i mean that's true if uh, that's true i i completely agree with you but you know you want the experience you want the pictures and all that good stuff so i mean if you want to get the most out of it like in a way you kind of do have to (laughs) (laughs) i guess i i just enjoy it for the people watching yeah oh yeah yeah. I mean, that's what I used to go for primarily. I used to not dress up uh, when the first few years and I used to just go and take pictures of people. Mm-hmm. You know, it was a really great day to just go and take photographs in a way that people don't normally dress. Right. Especially right. going to the park. So it, it was always fun, especially to see what outfits they were wearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it became more of a of a bounders special day like who could bound as dapper as possible while being a character and uh i i think that's where i began to drop off i have a lot of respect for the people that do it and i love some of the outfits that they put together 
but it, it started to feel more like a competition <laughs> of like who had the best like Disney bound for Dapper Day versus just what the essence of the day was. Just dress really nice and go to the park and have some fun that day. So do you think it'd be better if they had separate days, like a Dapper Day and a Bound Day? Well, I think Disney bounding itself has become such a phenomenon that regardless of when you go to the park, someone is bounding. It doesn't have to be Dapper Day. It could be Villains Day. It could be like any of the official or non-official days in the park. And it could just be a regular day in the park. Yeah. Bounding is just a part of the Disney culture now. And I'm not yeah. against it. I Like I said, I love some of the bounds that people put together. I think a lot of them are super creative. Uh, and I think the ones that are the best are the ones that you can instantly look at and just be like, yep, that's the character that they are. Right. So I don't know. I, I, I sound like, like I'm complaining about it. I'm really not. <laughs> no, you're just, just tired. Yeah, just understand that I'm in a lot of pain. I'm trying not to sound like a jerk right now. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it was a good weekend. Uh, tiring, but very good weekend. Mickey's Mixed Magic made its way back to Disneyland. It what? was back for a special engagement. I don't know if you guys know this. I've talked about it before. I love Mickey's <laughs> Mixed Magic. Yeah, it's really good. Love it. And if you were lucky enough to see it this weekend, then you caught it during its special engagement because, yes, it was only there for three days. Yeah. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Like, it, they created this whole new show for this big supposed celebration of Mickey's 90th birthday. And that lasted all of, what, two months, maybe? It seemed like it was here and gone in a flash. Yeah. And yeah. I only got to see it once. And it's the rare example of a nighttime show that I actually loved. And I was tickled to death by it. I thought it was great. And it stinks that it was so short-lived. And it seemed popular. You know, every night it seemed packed. Yeah. So yeah. I don't know why it was such a flash in the pan yeah it seems strange considering that the 60th anniversary celebration for the park lasted 17 years mm -hmm. it's still going right <laughs> yeah still it's still going on right now yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> but considering that this really did go on just for a few months it was a little confusing i would like them to bring back mickey's mixed magic in some capacity uh but then i really want them to bring dream lights to the park because I just think it's a it's a vastly superior parade to Main Street Electrical Parade. Did you just forget Paint the Night? No, I have not <laughs> forgotten Paint the Night. But it looks like we're rehashing a lot of stuff, right? It looks like yeah. they're in, in the process of rehashing things. I know that we're getting a brand new daytime parade very soon. We're just yeah. months away from a new parade. But nighttime parades kind of rule. Right, mm -hmm. And I love Paint the Night, but have you seen Dreamlights? I am so enamored by that parade, I can't even begin to describe it. I, I need to see that. And I've seen it by flying around the world on YouTube, <laughs> but I need to see it here. I know, but we, if we can't have it, I will be more than happy for Paint the Night. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. Oh, I miss 100%. it. 100%. I mean, I'm kind of curious if they will bring it back next year considering it's going to be 
five already? Dang. Yeah. You're right. Holy cow. I know. That's insanity. <laughs> I've been waiting. <laughs> Man, I, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I always feel like the parades, I, I guess I don't view the parades in the same way I view the attractions, where if it's a good attraction, it should more or less stay the way it is and... If it's plussed along the way, fine. But if it's totally replaced, not as fine. But with parades, it's like, I feel like they should come out with a new one, like, every other year at least. Like, I don't know. Parades don't seem nearly as repeatable to me as they do to most people, I guess. But, like, at a certain point, once you've seen Paint the Night enough, which I know you guys haven't seen it enough. You've made that clear. (laughs) Never. Uh... (laughs) Like, you want to see something new. And I know, Hazen, you want to see Dreamlights, but don't you want them to come out with something new? Like, some brand new magical thing that's going to blow you away differently? Totally. I, I totally do. But I also want to see Dreamlights because it's new <laughs> to me. So you would have a parade going down Main Street nearly constantly. All the time. Just, you, yes. Just Main Street Electrical, followed right by Paint the Night, followed no. right by Dream Lights. Did you hear me mention the Main Street Electrical Parade? <laughs> would no. you turn it away? I would send it back to Walt Disney World. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> shade right here on Podcateers. It's not shade at all. Everybody no, I mean, misses it. Oh, yeah. It's fully illuminated. There's no shade. Yeah. They, look, <laughs> they miss it at Walt Disney yeah. World. And I am graciously sending it back. So that we can get dream lights. And if they want to borrow Paint the Night for a while, by all means, borrow it for a while while we get dream lights. It does seem to belong with the old Carousel of Progress and Country Bear Jamboree, the old cast-offs. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) I mean, I I get it. I I know that MSCP has, you know, a lot of fans and it holds a, a very special place in many people's hearts. You know my stance on it. It's great to watch it once and then... Bring back paint or dream lights. <laughs> Hashtag bring dream lights to Anaheim. We should get that rolling. I just wish there was a different parade route that didn't bisect the park and cut you off from, you know, free travel between Space Mountain and Pirates of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So we're going to introduce the nuisance. first floating floats. Sweet. <laughs> sky parade. The sky parade, exactly. <laughs> It'll so be the treasure planet of parades. <laughs> <laughs> Just put it in the esplanade. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> then it's more of just an exhibit yeah, <laughs> instead of a parade. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you oh, walk so by it. You, you parade by the parade. Yeah. Yeah, I know you're not as big on parades. I know you're you're like the the festival guy. Like you're looking forward to like festival of holidays. Like I can already mm-hmm. feel that yep. that's coursing through your veins. Like it's coming. Oh, yeah. All the food. Oh yeah. Yeah. Gonna try me a whole new list of goodies. That's for sure. Have they announced what they're gonna have as uh, for food options this year? I don't think so yet. I it opens next it. weekend. Uh, it ought to be any moment now that they release those menus. So right after we record, just like always. Yep, pretty, pretty much. much. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, 
do you think anything from last season will make its way back into the park? And if it does, what would you like to have that you just thought, wow, this was like so great. I need to have it again. Mickey gingerbread uh, cookie. Oh, yeah. You talked that thing up hard <laughs> last yeah, year. Yeah, that definitely looked good. And I, I didn't get a chance to get that. Uh, so I'd like that to return. I really loved that spicy turkey breast pickle thing that was... Uh, I think we spent four tabs on it. Man, dude. Uh, that was my favorite thing. It was just so succulent and tasty. It was really good. Um, you oh. know, I, I hope a couple of the things come back, but really I'd, I'd love it if it was a whole new slate of offerings because yeah. that was what was fun was, you know, just kind of pouring through the menus and, you know, figuring out what new taste you wanted to try out that day. It, it's it was kind of an adventure you know it was it was fun and exciting you never knew quite what you were going to get and for the most part rave reviews for everything we had I, I think we only had one maybe two that fell a little flat for us but other than that oof, good stuff and yeah i can't right. wait that's the irony of what you're saying that the one thing that you liked was the one thing that i could do without Really? Yeah, I just oh. I, I think we're talking about the same thing. It looked like a large chicken tender that was doused in some kind of hot sauce, right? Uh yeah, I think it was more of a spicy rub yeah, than a something sauce, like that. but yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then it had like a, a dill pickle on top. Yeah. And it had something underneath it, I can't remember. But yeah. You said you had a like a dry piece, right? Yeah, the piece that I got. And here's the thing, I tried it twice. And both yeah. times it just felt like it was super dry. Mm. And I am I like stuff that's spicy, but I like stuff that's spicy that has flavor. And yeah. both times that I had it, it just felt like it was hot but had no flavor. Mm. And it was dry on top of that. So I think that's where I felt it struck out with me. I'm yeah. willing to try it again this year. Like I'm willing to give up another tab and just call it a wash last year. And I just mm -hmm. got two bad pieces, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. I, you've talked it up enough that I'm willing to try it again. But if this time, if I strike out <laughs> one more time, never again <laughs> will that piece of right. food come in contact with me. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You you can blame it on me because I have uh, talked it up a lot. No, uh, I can't do that because you've also talked up a lot of other stuff that I've thought was considerably tasty. So mm. I can't let one food item... You know, corrupt how I feel about your food choices. <laughs> Got it. Okay, cool. Uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. I, I can't wait. And uh, I'm sure we'll be getting at least one lanyard full of food tabs. Oh, definitely. Maybe two. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> definitely. Right it's on. like the best comfort food. <laughs> yeah. For, for those of you out there who haven't done one of the food festivals and gotten a lanyard, um, it's... I, are they just available for APs or they're available for anybody, right? I believe it's um, APs. I think it's AP only, yeah. Yeah, okay. Well, if you're an AP and you want to participate in the food festival, get the lanyard. It saves you money. Yes. Uh, if you go for those top two uh, items on every menu, the most expensive ones, you end up saving a bunch of dollars uh, on all your food items. So. It's a smart way to go, and you can try lots of things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And the best thing is, like, you can invest in it, and 
you could save your tabs for another day. You don't have、mm-hmm. to worry about buying anything else. Oh, yeah. They're good for the whole holiday season. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I do like that. The fact that they don't、mm-hmm. have that expiration is really nice because I feel like at times we do get items in the park that. Have that expiration date or that have that limited time availability.、Mm-hmm. I mean, obviously,、mm-hmm. if you wait past you know, the festival of holidays, you're、right. not going to be able to use the tabs, but you do have a really long time frame to enjoy them.、Mm-hmm. And that's what's、yeah. really nice about it. So you don't have to feel the pressure of using everything in that one day after you purchase it. So, yeah,、right. totally on board. I have to agree with you guys on that one. Speaking about the Festival of Holidays, which is in California Adventure, I heard that they're doing something that is like what they've done before, but also unlike what they've ever done before. So, you know how they usually send、um, like the long form previews to、uh, Sunset Showcase、mm-hmm. or the Tomorrowland Theater,、oh, yeah. where they show you like a long preview, sometimes like the whole first scene of an upcoming movie? Yeah.、Uh-huh. Well, they're doing one for Frozen 2, but they're not doing it in the traditional location. They're actually showing an extra long preview at the Hyperion before each performance of Frozen right now, which is really cool because you're in that huge theater. Yeah. And I don't know if they project it on the entire like proscenium and walls like they do with some of the. Animated effects in that theater. I'm not sure if anybody out there has seen it. Let us know.、Uh, but it's kind of a cool idea. I found it interesting that they're showing it before the, the show because it's a sequel to that very show. I think it might work better if they showed it afterwards. Like, and if you want more Frozen Magic, stick around for this.、Uh, but it's interesting that they're、um, using that, you know, format to. Promote the next Frozen movie, which comes out in just a couple weeks. Yeah. When you started saying that, I got a little scared because I thought, oh no, Mickey's Phil Hard Magic is leaving. I still haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, you、oh、still haven't、gosh. seen it? No, I still haven't seen it yet. Oh, how are you running your life, man?、Uh, very <laughs> poorly,、on? apparently. Jeez.、Oh. <laughs> I, I think that needs to be before getting your tooth fixed, man. I, I mean, can that. Happen? No, because we have like weekdays between now and then. There's no weekend days. <sighs> <laughs> Someone's getting sick and has to call out from work. <laughs> <laughs> For all of you listening at work, that is not what happens. He's talking about me. It's all right. <laughs> I mean, isn't that a jury summons you just got in the mail today? Well, look at those red letters. <laughs> Um, yeah, dude, I have not had a chance to see that's crazy.、Uh, Mickey's Phil Hard Magic, and it's kind of killing me inside because there's I, I've purposely stayed away from trying to watch videos of people that are posting it because I know that it's not the same, it's the type of show that you need、yeah. to see in person、oh, in、yeah. order to get the full effect. And you can watch a video of it, it's just not going to look right, right? The effects aren't、yeah. going to really pop out or anything. So, I've purposely stayed away from、uh, watching anything regarding the show. But the last couple of times that we've gone to DCA,、uh, we went、uh, last week, a week or two ago. I don't even remember now.、Uh, but we were there like during the Halloween time. And 
I mean, we saw the projections for Oogie Boogie's Bash and everything, and we were heading to Hollywood, uh, to the Hollywoodland area, and I saw that there was no line. And I thought, oh, well, I should just go watch this. But it was late enough that it was just no longer showing. So uh, I didn't get a chance uh-huh. to watch it that day. And then the other time that I went to DCA, I technically didn't go into DCA because I was just in the Esplanade for a few minutes. Right. So I, that would have been the best time to see it because, you know, I didn't have anything with me. I didn't have, you know, a schedule or anything outside of that. Um, I mean... I would have just stayed up. How long is a show? Like six, ten minutes, twelve uh, minutes ish. I think it's probably in the ten to twelve minute yeah, range. Yeah, Okay, right. so at most it would have probably set me back half an hour because mm-hmm. it's a twelve minute show, and then another fifteen minutes or so to walk in and out and back to the tram area. I guess. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. man, now I regret not going. <laughs> Well, Shame on me. It's not going anywhere, so you you can come back and and see it. Get your stupid little tooth fixed. <laughs> come back to the park. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I did get scared though. Like like legit, I was like, oh no, it's it's gone for Frozen Two trailer. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's it feels much more permanent than the last few things they've had there. You know, uh, the last thing that felt like this was when Muppets was in its like first run there, you know? So uh, it really does feel like it's there to stay for the most part. I'm glad because that's exactly what that area needed. It Mm -hmm. needed a permanent show in order to get more people in there. So yeah. Cool. Um, Hey, so uh, speaking of movies, Last week, we talked about the Disney Renaissance. We talked a little bit about the impact on society, what we felt about the films and stuff like that. So if you haven't checked out that episode, make sure to go back and listen to it. It was a really fun conversation about a lot of the films that we grew up watching. And uh, we asked you to tell us what your favorite Disney Renaissance film was. And before I give you the results of this uh, Instagram poll... Would you both like to take a guess as to which movie came out on top? Uh, do we have any demographic stats? Like, do we know how many <laughs> men versus women voted? Uh, you know what? I did not take down those stats. All I did was I counted all of the votes. Okay. okay. And I figured out the percentages. I, Based on I the demographics of what <laughs> I see in our interactions mostly, I'm going to say it's mostly women. Uh, whew, I this a, is tough. I was gonna say, it's what's gonna your be guess, Melissa? I guess between uh-huh. and before Little you Mermaid. say anything, before you say anything, before oh, you say anything, okay, I, I do want to let you know that there were people mm-hmm. that could not decide between one or two films. Okay, okay, okay. So those people, I, I counted each one as a vote. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay, good. So I like that. Anybody like that, that said, oh, I like, let's say, Aladdin, and I like, I can't decide between Aladdin and Little Mermaid. I counted one for Aladdin and one for Little Mermaid. Okay. So okay. just keep that in mind. There were there were votes that had multiple selections. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I was going to say, well, you heard earlier, uh, Little Mermaid and Lion King. 
Ooh, that's a yeah. very good set of guesses. Yeah, that's really, really good. I, I feel like Little Mermaid's got to be near the top. It, it's the ultimate nostalgia pick. Like, it's what most people are nostalgic about. Uh, I feel like Lion King's the best, but I don't know. I'm going to go Little Mermaid and Aladdin. Little Mermaid okay. and Aladdin. Very yeah. good guesses as well. So, after all the votes were tallied, in a three-way tie with 16.7%. Whoa. Beauty and the Beast, Mulan, and the Little Mermaid. Mulan. Whoa. Wow, yeah. that's a surprise. Okay. Go Mulan. Interesting. 50% was Aladdin. Whoa. <laughs> the Lion King didn't even make the board. That's insane. I, I'm just mind blown right now. <laughs> I know. Wow. That's crazy. I know. I wonder if. Yeah, that's interesting. So, I mean, Aladdin's a great pick. I am surprised by Mulan, though, being so high. That's interesting. So Very cool, though. That was the results of the poll. Thank you, everyone that voted. Uh, these are fun. I want to do another one. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know what definitely. the next one will be, but we'll just throw it into the Instagram stories, and we'll tell you the results on the next episode. But, yeah, Mulan, totally sleeper pick. I would not have even pegged it in the top five. And it made the top four. That's wow, impressive. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very cool. It's that. It was that Christina Aguilera track. Well, I mean, <laughs> now that she's a Disney legend, <laughs> that's where that came from. That's where that vote came oh, from. Oh man. Ah. Uh, okay. Well, before we continue with the episode, I do want to remind you that this episode of Pocket Tears is brought to you by a special group of people called the FGP Squad. And what does FGP Squad mean? Well, it means our podcast, Fairy Godparents. And if you want a little more information on how you can become part of the FGP squad, you can head over to podcateers.com slash FGP. There you will find uh, what the FGP squad is, a link to sign up for a one-time or ongoing donation monthly through Patreon. We have giveaways for the FGP squad. Uh, we're trying to reschedule our live streams. I think now that we have a more consistent schedule, it'll be a lot easier. Uh, we want to do some special stuff for them this holiday season. And uh, yeah, it's a really good time. We appreciate everything that the FGP squad does for us. So to all of the members of the FGP squad, we just want to send a huge thank you. And of course, if you want to become a member, again, that link is podcateers.com slash FGP. Okay, I think it's time to get into our main topic for this episode. Uh, as you probably realized from the title card, this week I'm going to be talking a little bit about bear country slash critter country. Uh, now, I do want to start off by saying that critter country itself has a pretty interesting history to me because I feel like it was kind of the first land that Disneyland designed specifically to house an attraction instead mm -hmm. of the opposite. That attraction was, of course, the Country Bear Jamboree. Now, Mel is going to be talking about that attraction in next week's episode. So I'm going to try to do my best to give you as much information that's pertinent to this part of the story without stepping too much on what Mel's segment is in the next episode. So there will be some overlap, obviously, yeah. because, you know, the history is just tied in so much to the attraction. Uh, but I I'm going to leave out a lot of key details so that you can listen next week as well. That, kids, is called a tease. 
No pressure for me. <laughs> well done. Okay. Uh, so back when Disneyland first opened, there was a little area on the western side of Frontierland known as the Indian Village that existed between 1956 through 1971. The area featured Native American shows and attractions, including the Indian War Canoes. But compared to the other lands in the park, it was considerably unpopular. So for years, Walt and his Imagineers had trouble figuring out exactly what to do with this area. Back in episode 248, we talked about great moments with Mr. Lincoln and Walt's involvement in the 1964 World's Fair. The World's Fair brought us a handful of attractions and many innovations that Imagineers would use to build unforgettable attractions in the parks. But it was Walt's involvement in the 1960 Winter Olympics that helped bring us one of Disney's most memorable attractions, the Country Bear Jamboree. During the Olympics, Walt was soaking in the beauty of the majestic mountains around him, and he was inspired to create a year-round resort to help provide entertainment outside of the boundaries of Disneyland. The project took years to get proper approvals, plus they kind of had the World's Fair to deal with. But Walt kept pushing through, and finally he found a section of land that he was truly happy with in 1965 called Mineral King in Sequoia National Park. Around this time, though, Walt's health was starting to decline, but he still seemed really optimistic about this resort. The only problem was that he felt it kind of needed that special Disney touch, and he felt that what the resort needed was a show hosted by bears. Because that's what <laughs> you think of, right? It's like, what does this resort need? It needs bears. Yeah. I mean, that's it's, what I would I, think, too. Right? So great. I love the way that Walt's mind worked. It's... <laughs> It's like pure imagination. Right. Uh, it's just delightful. It totally is. Yeah. So once he figured out that he wanted bears, he went on and he assigned that project to Mark Davis and Albertino. In late 1966, just days after meeting with Mark Davis to see what the progress was on his bears, Walt passed away. But the development continued on what was now known as the Country Bears. The ski resort itself was never created, but the Imagineers decided to continue development of the Country Bear show, which would be slotted as an opening day attraction at Walt Disney World in their version of Frontierland. The show was an instant success. The success of the Country Bear Jamboree provided a solution to a problem that Imagineers had been trying to solve at Disneyland due to the low traffic numbers in the Indian Village section of the park. So plans were put in motion to bring the Country Bears to the West Coast. But before they could do that, they needed a home. The land where the Indian Village stood was completely demolished and reconstructed as Disneyland's seventh major land, Bear Country. The first major development at Disneyland since the opening of the Haunted Mansion in 1969, the $8 million Bear Country expansion would see a new four-acre area development themed after the forests of the Pacific Northwest and the centerpiece e-ticket attraction would of course be the Country Bear Jamboree. Also part of Bear Country was a restaurant called the Golden Bear Lodge, which was renamed the Hungry Bear Restaurant in 1977. The mile-long bar refreshment center, Teddy Barra's Swing in Arcade, 
And for some odd reason, the Indian war canoes, now known as the Davy Crockett's Explorer canoes, were also a part of Bear Country instead of Frontierland. <laughs> I just, I, I'll never understand why they moved them. But, I mean, it is what it is. So, <laughs> uh, by 1988, Disney was getting ready to make a huge splash by bringing another thrill ride to Disneyland in early 1989 with the opening of Splash Mountain. Because of all the new animals that would be taking up residency in the area, Bear Country was renamed Critter Country after the name was inspired by a quote in the 1946 film Song of the South, which reads, Where the folks are closer to the critters and the critters are closer to the folks. More critters were added around the land, and we even saw the addition of Winnie the Pooh and Piglet's houses. Although some of the bear theming remained, some of the shops were renamed to include more of the other critters in the land. Ursus H. Bear's Wilderness Outpost, for instance, became Crocodile Mercantile, which in 1996 would be renamed again to what we know it as today, Pooh Corner. Although the country bears found its slice of success in the parks, the attraction was ultimately closed in 2001 to make way for the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh just two years later. Since then, not much has changed in that neck of the woods, except for a path that leads you to a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> but that's a story for another day. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. So Very nice. Not, not too much. You know, uh, when it comes to bear country slash critter country, mm -hmm. uh, like I said at the beginning, it, it seems like this was really the first land that was driven by an attraction versus yeah. having a themed land that you were going to put attractions into that fit the mm -hmm. theming of the land. Uh, but, you know, because of the the low foot traffic to the Indian village, it really made sense that they were making this kind of move considering how popular the attraction was. The Country Bears, you know, holds that distinct honor that it's actually the first attraction that was cloned from Walt Disney World to Disneyland. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was just thinking about, like, just the land itself is really small. And um, you could walk in and out of that land in uh, 30 seconds. Maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's really, I mean, the, the path... Once you once you go past the Haunted Mansion and you take the path, you see a little bit of the Rivers of America on the right-hand side. Yeah. You end up seeing the Briar Patch shop on your left, the entrance to the Hungry Bear. You walk a little further down, and to the right, you see the entrance of uh, the, the Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And just a few steps further, you see the entrance of Splash Mountain on your left. You keep walking a little further, you see Pooh Corner, and then there's a little bit of a loop that happens where the exit yeah. of Splash Mountain is, and then the back part of the shop for Pooh Corner, and then there's big doors that lead you backstage. Uh, that area there is primarily used as a Pooh meet and greet. You know, you get to meet Pooh, Tigger, Eeyore, Piglet. Uh, but they've also had Santa Claus back there, which I oh, thought yeah. was kind of cool. You know, they occasionally bring Santa to kind of bring the crowds over into that area when the when the rest of the park is a little congested. So, it, I mean, it gets its use. I think there's a lot of charm to that area. Yeah, it's one of the quietest parts in the park. 
you know, aside from the yelling from Splash Mountain, of course. <laughs> but if you're off in that corner where the end of Splash is, you want to get yeah. yourself like a Tigger Tail or something, get yourself a treat. You sit down on one of those benches and you just listen to music from the Winnie the Pooh soundtrack. And it's just nice. It is. Uh, you know what's another quiet area is I don't even know if this has a name. Um, it's a little walkway and it's. I want to say at the end of Splash Mountain, where you could see the logs turn around, like make that mm -hmm. U-turn. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people call that the secret entrance into Critter Country. <laughs> really? Uh, I don't think it. Yeah. I don't think it's very secret. Uh, the other end is part of the eating area that's right next to Harbor Galley. Yeah. So right where yeah, they dock Fowler's the Columbia. Harbor. Fowler's Harbor. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, it's right where they dock the Columbia. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you walk over, there's like a little bridge almost that you walk over. And it's it's right underneath where the logs essentially start. Like they kind of even out and they turn back to unload from the attraction. Uh, it's a great picture spot, especially yeah. if you're able to get people as they're coming down uh, on Splash. But yeah, mm -hmm. for some reason, people call that the secret entrance into into Critter Country. I've never considered it very secret. I've never heard yeah. it to be secret. Yeah, I use it a lot because it tends to get congested yeah. in the main walkway between Mansion and the turn to get into Critter Country. So if you're if you want to save, I mean, it's slightly longer because it kind of winds you around. But I mean, ultimately, it gets you there. You know? Yeah, mm -hmm. it does. I mean, I really like that little area, like I said, because it's quiet. And you also have yeah. the view of the island across. And it's just, yeah. it's peaceful. So, secret. Beware of the That's... ducks, though. The ducks are ruthless there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I dig that little spot, too, though. I, I think it's a cool little quiet little walkway. It's a nice place to just kind of... Catch your breath, and you know sometimes if, if the shade is right, you can actually cool off in there too. Yeah, um, but it's also just one of the genius ways that they really wove Splash Mountain into the fabric of that end of the park. You know, the idea that they're able to create this giant mountain, set it right next to the mansion, and have the you know kind of kinetic energy of these logs spilling over this waterfall and then out into the rivers of America where they make their U-turn is so genius. Mm -hmm. You know, the way that they did that is, um, you know, there's probably some serendipity there, but it, it just worked out perfectly. And I'm always struck by the size of Splash Mountain. You know, we talk about how small Critter Country is, and it really is. But that attraction is immense. Yeah. And when you walk back into that cul-de-sac, you know, where Pooh Corner ends and where Splash Mountain exits, and you're standing under that what basically amounts to a cliff going up the side of Splash Mountain, mm -hmm. you really feel small, like you're a little critter back yeah. there, you know, in, this, uh, in the shadow of this giant mountain. I love that area back there. And, you know, it is 
very kind of calm and quiet back there. It's it's a nice place. I think the theming is underrated. I think it's really quite quaint and special back there. There's lots of neat little details. Yeah. Uh, especially when you look at the facades um, around uh, the Winnie the Pooh attraction. You know, you can see all their little houses and the embankments. You can see, you know, clever little plantings and and props in that area. I, I think it's really a sweet little place. Um, it'll be interesting to see what we come up with in a couple of weeks for armchair Imagineering <laughs> right? for this tiny little spot. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think we'll get pretty creative and, and come up with some neat, neat ideas. Uh, but I, I love Critter Country. I think it's got a lot of magic to it. Yeah. yeah. And also, I was just going to say, because now we're talking about the holidays, I love what Splash does, like the little touches of like mm-hmm. the Christmas tree that's popping out of the uh, window, I guess you would say. Is that, would you call it a window? Uh, where, where is this? I don't know what um, you're talking about. The entrance, and it's like right above the second level. There's Oh, like the where the barn-looking entrance oh, is? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, we'll call that a window. Sure. Okay, I was like, <laughs> I, what do I call that? I it's don't like know a, it's barn like a, If it's a stuff. barn, it's like a hayloft, but I think <laughs> yeah, that yeah, would still yeah. be considered a window. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. There's not much theming back there, though. No. But I think that's one of the beautiful subtleties of the area because, you know, to kind of add to what you were saying, Gavin, one of the really nice things about Critter Country is the fact that it the, the sounds of the rest of the park are, are just isolated away from when you're mm-hmm. deep in Critter Country. Yeah. And, Outside of the sound of the train passing by every, you know, 15, 20 minutes, you really don't hear anything else. And it's really nice to just immerse yourself in this wood, like this forest area. Yeah. Right. And and I think that's why I like it so much that it just it feels kind of like Galaxy's Edge, right, where it, it feels like you're not even in Disneyland. But yeah. Critter Country feels like you're in Disneyland because you see more of the Disney characters. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Also, the Hungry Bear is a fantastic spot to sit and eat and yes. get some good views. Oh yeah, and watch the Mark Twain go by. It's awesome. I love it. Agreed. Agreed. Even fireworks too. Oh, I've never seen fireworks from there before. Uh, and they have tasty funnel cake. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can't forget the tasty Always funnel, funnel cakes. cakes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do still miss the fried green tomato sandwich, though. That was deloish. I never had it. Me neither. Or, well, no, maybe I did have it. It sounds familiar. You're crazy. It was so good. It sounds familiar. <laughs> I feel like I did have it, maybe. I've recently started getting their onion rings, and I think those are great. Yes. Mm. They are. They're fantastic. Nice. Getting hungry now. (laughs) Yeah, let's get a hungry bear. I'm going to have to uh, liquefy everything and or eat tiny chunks and shove them (laughs) into the opposite side of my mouth just so that I can eat properly. But I can do this. I can enjoy food. (laughs) (laughs) Almost. You're almost there. Almost, yeah. Well, uh, I think that's going to conclude uh, the the little history of bear country and critter country. Uh, like I said, it's 
it's a difficult land to talk about without really talking about the entire history of the country bear jamboree because it's really directly tied to the land itself um but i i did my best to not include that because i know mel's gonna give us the history next week so uh it was a very short segment but it was very enjoyable because i learned a few things while researching for this that i didn't know about the land as well so uh, i'm glad i had a chance to to kind of go over this one uh, Do you guys remember the incredible Country Bear Jamboree poster that we saw at that uh, Disneyland exhibition? Yes. That they Did were you buy it? Off the the Mark Davis poster. Did you buy it? I wish. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure it went for thousands of dollars, uh, and it was huge. But man, I love that poster. It's yeah, easily one of my favorite Disneyland attraction posters. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Did, so good. Did we put that poster in the vlog for that day? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm sure we did. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I think we, we talked about that poster and the Rainbow Caverns poster, right? Yes. Yep. That's okay. right. That's exactly right. Yeah. I love that poster as well. You know, I'm going to put the that vlog in the blog post for this episode. So if you haven't had a chance to watch that one uh it's going to be over at podcasters.com slash 281 if you want to watch that and for good measure i'm going to throw in the vlog for mickey's mix magic because quite frankly it's just one of the best nighttime shows that they have and i'm kind (laughs) of sad that i missed it over the weekend considering it was a limited 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 engagement i've never seen them do a limited engagement that lasted three days but I guess that's how you keep it limited, right? Yep. yep. So, uh, so yeah, I'm going to put those two vlogs uh, in the blog post for the episode if you guys want to check that out. Critter Country, super small, only a couple of attractions, Splash Mountain and the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. Um, I mean, I can't even make a poll out of this because I, I would want to ask, like, <laughs> what's your favorite of the two attractions? But I kind of feel like... Splash or is going to take it. Or it could be uh, uh, Pooh versus Country Bears. Oh. Like which which one do you Ooh. like? Like 1v1. Like which one did you like better? Okay. Because there's some feelings out there for sure. Oh, yeah. So what if we make the poll, what do you like more, Country Bears, Winnie the Pooh, or Never Saw Country Bears? Can we add oh, another okay. poll saying that which version of the Country Bears I think we can do a second uh, one because there was three yeah. versions of it, right? Yeah. There was the original one, the Christmas one, and then like the summer vacation one, right? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow. I think we'll save that one for your episode. Okay. Like yeah. after your episode. And for this some of one, us don't know all those things. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and so and for this episode, we'll do the what do you like more? Country Bears or Winnie the Pooh or Never Saw Country Bears. There you go. Yeah. Because I think that's going to be one option that some of our listeners will will want to select. Because I think there's many that just never saw the Country Bear show. Hmm. So I mean, obviously it's yeah. on YouTube, but maybe I'll throw that video up in the blog too. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> All right, that is going to wrap it up for this episode. Remember that the holidays are coming up, and if you want to give a gift of uh, some apparel that's Disney themed check out the Podcateers gear section of our website Uh, we're going to be doing free shipping 
starting uh, very, very soon on the website for orders over uh, a certain dollar amount. We're also going to have some discount codes as we get near, you know, Cyber Monday and Small Business Saturday, um, Black Friday. So we're going to have some sales. Make sure that you're following us on Instagram to take advantage of those sales, take advantage of the free shipping as well. And if you shop on Amazon, another great way to help us out is obviously by starting that purchase by going to podcasters.com slash Amazon. On that page, you'll see a big Amazon button that you can click. It'll take you to Amazon using our special link. It's not going to cost you anything extra, but anything that you purchase will uh, help us get a small commission from Amazon as a thank you because you went through our link. To everyone that's doing that now, we just want to say thank you. Uh, We do notice that you guys are using our Amazon link, and we just want to thank you for that additional support monthly. And that is going to wrap up this episode. So until next time, keep dreaming, keep moving forward, and always remember to pass on the magic. Have a great week, everyone. Bye. Made you look. (laughs) (laughs) There's there's a bear hibernating in here. (laughs) Sounds like a country bear. (laughs) Throw a hill, bear.